Hello, welcome to Reversal of the Muse. My name is Laura Marling. Today we have the big one. Uh, today I'm speaking to Dolly Parton and Emmylou Harris, which was quite an experience, as you can imagine. Actually, the anticipation of it was, was more daunting than, than the reality of it. I was obviously very excited and honoured to get some time with these incredible, incredible uh, women whose music I was brought up on and have grown to appreciate more and more as I get older. Uh, so you'll be able to hear, I'm sure if you've been listening to the podcast already, I had a small um, mental malfunction which persisted for the entirety of the 20 minutes that I was allotted to speak to uh, them both. So <laughs> I apologise for that. I'm sure there was a million more interesting things I could have said. But also, I'm not a professional journalist and uh, and I believe that they thought that I was. So they weren't quite prepared for my level of unprofessionalness. And uh, they, they weren't uh, prepped like the other people that I've spoken to about what the... Um, what the purpose of this conversation was supposed to be. So they weren't overly keen on talking about female creativity, I got the sense. Maybe, you know, when you've been doing it that long and you are this sort of female figurehead um, pioneer of, of the genres that they occupy, maybe you're a bit over-talking about this stuff now, um, which I can totally understand. And it was just very exciting to be in the same room as them. And it was at the time that I uh, went to interview them a couple of months ago now, uh, they were promoting uh, the re-release of the trio records, which they did with Linda Ronstad. Um, unfortunately, Linda was um, unwell and couldn't join us that day. But here you go, this is, this is a conversation in which I sound like a quivering wreck with two extraordinary uh, women who I may never meet again and uh, um, be able to uh, let them know that I'm not a complete... Uh, brainless Wally. So please enjoy and come and see us again at Reversal of the Muse. My name's Laura. Hello. And it's very nice to meet you both, um, Emmy Lou Harris and Dolly Parton. Well, nice <laughs> meeting you. A fellow musician, singer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. And I was saying to Dolly that I learnt finger picking through listening to Dolly. And I learned backing vocals through listening to you. Oh, right. And so she should be pretty good, shouldn't she? That's right. <laughs> well, she should be pretty good. You don't know yet, so yeah, I'm going to say I'm really good. Oh, good. I bet you are. You're a pretty big star there. So we'll have to get some of your records, and then we can interview you later. That would be How's lovely. that sound? Yeah, that sounds okay. just right. It's a right. deal. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. I think it's great when other artists interview artists. I think you can probably have a lot of curious things oh, different in questions, your mind. Yeah. Different questions, too. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm talking to lots of people at the moment about what it's been like for women to work in studios, recording studios. Because in my experience, I've, I've never walked into a, a studio and, and um, had another woman or more than one woman be in that studio. And obviously recording these records, you, I assume, were in the majority in most of the rooms that you were in. Are you talking about in just the, the trio or the just trio? women in the studio in general? Women, uh, well, women in studios in general, but in making this record, the three right. of you had But we were yeah. pretty outnumbered with the band, and, and, <laughs> and the producer was a man and all the musicians, except we did have Alison Krauss on some oh, of Oh, she did sessions. come sing. Uh, she, she, she played. Did, she, played and, she played uh, fiddle. She did some um, uh, vocals for us when Dolly couldn't be there on one song uh, until... Dolly could put her vocal on, so she was involved. But it's it is pretty much a male-dominated 
field. I don't know. It's never bothered me. You know, I, yeah. I, I never thought that, oh, this is not right. We have to get some, like the Congress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, where we should have more women. Um, I just figure what whoever's doing uh, the job and, you know, maybe I don't think I've ever turned anyone down and said, well, you know, you're not experienced enough because you're a woman or anything like that. Yeah. In fact, it's not up to me who, sh- who shows up. Mm-hmm. I just show up to sing. Yeah, well, I, it's the same as when you're working on any project. You don't think about it like that. I always think of Amy and I, especially. We just feel like one of the boys. We've been around all these well, musicians true. and all these. You <laughs> yeah. know, I don't even think about it in terms of male, female. Mm. When we're in there, uh, you know, you're doing just, our jobs because you're they just, respect you're us. A music, you're a musician. You're a musician, and yeah, you have a job I'm, to to do. Your your voice is your instrument, mm-hmm. and you're all there to do the same thing to serve the song, mm-hmm. to get the best possible performance. Of, of the song at that particular moment. So um, I don't know if I've ever really thought about it. I mean, I have worked with some wonderful women engineers on Wrecking Ball. Trina mm. um, uh, was very, very involved in the recording of that. Um, Trina Shoemaker. Yeah, yeah, Trina Shoemaker. But for the most part, I suppose, um, do you think there's something going on that keeps women out of the studio? I, well, similarly, I don't feel like women aren't allowed into studios. I'm, I'm interested in whether there's a difference in feminine creativity that isn't given easy access in those environments. I was saying to Dolly, I, I really admire how she's maintained a really strong femininity whilst being an extraordinary guitar player and, and an unbelievable songwriter. And that's never been compromised. And I wonder whether we're living in an age where women are masculinizing their creative output to keep up with men in, in sort of our masculine society. Maybe. I think it's more the individual. I think it depends. I think if a yeah. woman, strong woman that writes good songs, plays good, wants to perform, I think they're admired and respected mm. by other oh, musicians. Yeah. I know I've never <clears throat> had too many problems with that because I just go in with a good attitude. I know some people have do suffer more than others, mm. but I think uh, I, I think everybody, I think it's just they're not familiar. Women have not really studied that a lot. So yeah. uh, I know that we do have, a lot of times in the recording studio, we have assistants that are female that are just learning. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just a male-dominated, mostly because it seems like men mostly are interested. But I'm hoping this day and time, hope, hopefully, you know, we've, we've moved a little forward with that. Right. I think everybody, especially musicians and uh, producers, creative people, are more sensitive, mm. I think, to those mm. things and than a lot of other types of music. I think we're all open to just appreciating and respecting, you know, the creativity. Yes, yeah, and I, that is being reflected. There's more women joining the Berkeley School of Music Engineering program. Oh, really? Each well, that's year. good. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, we'll be long gone, darling. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I plan to stay around and see all this. Oh, I'm going to stick around a while. That's as long as I can. Um, I've, I've, read, I've read a lot about these records and I've obviously listened to these records and I'm huge fans of you both individually and Linda. And I, I was wondering what, what brought you together to make these records and what was it about a trio or the particularly the three of you? Because you, you hold quite individual identities within your separate musical yeah. groups. Our talent <coughs> brought us together, but mm. Emmy has the... Well, the it just started with very organically when I first met Linda Ronstadt and... Um, being two female singers, you're interested to know who influences you, who's your favorite. And it turned out, Linda and I revealed to each other that Dolly was our favorite. She was our icon. She was I the was one. so shocked to hear yeah. it. So, but neither of stars. us had, had, at that point, neither of us had met Dolly. 
<clears throat> and so um, Linda and I became uh, pretty close friends. Shortly after I met her, uh, the fellow I was singing with, Graham Parsons, died. And uh, I was kind of left hanging uh, in so many ways. And Linda was a great friend and, um, you know, brought me out to sing with her, had me sing on her records, and uh, generally just talked me up to the community, uh, to the music community. Um, and I ended up getting a record contract and, and recording one of my favorite Dolly Parton songs, uh, Coat of Many Colors, mm -hmm. which led me to when I first came to uh, Nashville with this new record release that there was a bit of a buzz about. Someone, smart person, it's probably Mary Martin or someone, anyway, set up a meeting that, for me to meet Dolly, and I went to the studio where she was working, and and so we met, and it, it kind of got to be friends with, with my producer and people that work for him, and Dolly was, I think at that point, we are kind of getting ready to make a move away from Porter. I'm not sure the timing exactly. It sort of been 1975. And, yes, uh, I had just left right. or was just So, leaving. you know, we had said, we're living in L.A., we have a studio, we're living here. You know, let's get together, as people say, but we actually did. Dolly called, and, and, and we said, come on over to the house. So the first thing I did was call Linda and said, Dolly is coming over to the house. And of course, Linda and I had been spending a lot of time together because I'd recently moved to LA. And um, the three of us found ourselves in this crazy house off of Coldwater <laughs> Canyon that was full of all kinds of kitched 50s, you know, white pianos with gold peacocks and, and Parisian street scenes with rhinestones on the sliding uh, closet doors. Well, we were the hippies, but it was a completely different. Um, it was. It was a big pool. It, it was, was a, a stranger, too, yeah. a big pool with swans spouting mm -hmm. water and stuff. It was a rental. Would you say an Esther Williams house? Uh, uh, call yeah, it. yeah, I called it sort of an out of an, a scene in an Esther Williams movie, but uh, Brian had, my producer had a, mobile recording truck and and so we were renting this house to make the records there but we were all living there so linda came over and dolly arrived and it was obvious after we we generally you know did our girly thing of getting to know one another we obviously said well let's sing something you know we're singers and we sang uh bury me beneath the willow and uh, when i stopped dreaming which is a living brother song mm. And the sound, I think, I mean, it, it, it astonished it us. It was. It, it really, it was just amazing. We knew it, it was just, it was a sound. Just purely sound. beautiful. Mm. It was purely beautiful. Like three sisters, yeah. like, sitting on clouds, yeah. and it's like, wow, this is yeah. a sound. We need and, to do and something so, with that. And so, you know, it, I think the thought was that, well, at some point, we should actually record this, make a record of it. So it moved on from there with different very, very uh, incarnations. Mm. And 30 years later? Here we are. Yeah. So here we are. Yes. But we have everything in this collection, the trio collection, I think they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's everything that we've done all through the years, ever since we met, started recording bits and pieces here and there, down through the years, different versions of our, what was going to be our trio album until we finally got it out. But now there were lots of, things left in the can mm. and things that I think the fans will be really happy to hear. Yes. Some of them just different arrangements and different productions of the same songs. Mm. I think they'll like that too. And so I think it's it's an interesting it shows our journey as you know, as a as singers individually and certainly as trio. Yes. Yes, I took a I took a peek at the list. It it was very yeah. exciting. And I think trio in all its all of it 
is a really good example of, of the uniqueness of feminine creativity because the combination of your three voices, the resonance of, of, really of those, but deeply <laughs> feminine, and those female <coughs> voices resonate somewhere in the chest. You know, like I think it's unique to, you know, it's close to the cello or something, and it's angelic. There's the, I mean, that's what that's what we associate with kind of an angelic yeah, sound. Yeah, we thought that sound that we had as trio. It's almost like an instrument. Mm. You know, that sound sometimes when our harmonies really buzz, it's, like yeah. it's almost like a different kind of an instrument rather like you say rather than just oh, there's voices. nothing like the joy of singing with someone it is. I mean it really is and and to have the three of us and uh, you know the blend is beautiful but our voices are very different individually yeah. uh, and so then but someone did ask us I thought it was an interesting question when did did you have to alter your voice in order to make the blend and I said I don't think Dolly and I would know how we, <laughs> to alter we've our got voice. our we got our voices and when if, if anybody even says to me can you slow down that vibrato or can you stop that vibrato I said you got the wrong singer <laughs> you, know, you get somebody else in here because it it controls me I do not control it mm. so there you go mm-hmm but I, I love the sound of female voices anyway I grew up singing with my family I had uh, two other sisters that we used to sing a lot at weddings and funerals and around at different yeah. things my sister Stella and my sister Cassie we had a really great sound so we had and there's nothing like that family harmony mm. and I never thought I'd find that again yeah. until I found the two of them and then yeah. we just took it to Ooh, a whole waiting in the wings darling. different level yeah, <laughs> it was great because I brought that old mountain sound and then they had that other stuff that you know Emmy's folk voice and Linda's rock world you know she's but we all could sing other things yeah. yeah but there's just something about the way all of those textures and all those voices fit together it's mm. created this little sound we call trio and it's something I personally and I think Linda and Emmy feel exactly the same it's like in your life you hope to do great things things that will be remembered, things that you're part of, that you could be proud of, or your family could be proud of. Mm. And I have never had anything that I'm prouder of than this trio project. Wow, fantastic. I would be deeply proud of it if I'd have been part of it. I'm interested to know what your experience of Los Angeles was, because I, 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 I knew that you had lived there, but I can't imagine you in Los Angeles for some reason, Dolly. <laughs> yeah, you were right about that. <laughs> I never had been out there, you know, that much. Mm. And when we started working, when I first started to get to be known, I had a little cult following, so mm. to speak. That's kind of where Linda and Amy yeah. kind of, you know, found out about me, I guess. But when we were going out working places like the Roxy Theater, and, you know, I would get invited. And we had no money, of course, so we'd have to stay down at the Highland got on Highland at the cheapest hotels we could find and it was so scary and awful and I thought because we didn't see any of the good parts we would just go to those clubs and then we'd go back to the right. cheap ass hotel and you know and all those bag people and poor pitiful people it's like I thought oh what is so special about California it was only after you know I got to where we could get out and see other parts of it you know that it was great but I have to honestly say it was it was a culture shock it was a hillbilly in the city for sure <laughs> <clears throat> yeah that was the way when I first came out to work with Graham yeah. I mean it was it, it is like no other place in the world for us I mean mm -hmm. basically you know growing up kind of not the deep south anymore my father was in the Marine Corps so we traveled and there had been Washington DC and I had even lived in uh, New York City but there's nothing that can really compare 
with that's with true. the strangest that, especially the of Hollywood, Los Angeles in Hollywood. Well, yeah. With, yeah, but then of course it's got so many beautiful places yeah. that you have to get you have to be able to make some it's money just before so you get out to sp- even see those. So places. spread out. <laughs> But yes. it's a place of action. I love it now. I have a home there. I have had for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live in Tennessee. That's my main home. But I keep a home out there. Yeah. And I do love it. I have to say I do love it. But I didn't love it at the start. It was a, it was a joke to my whole system. <laughs> <laughs> in the 70s as well, I can imagine it was quite a different, it was quite a different place mm-hmm. altogether. Well, it's a shame that Linda can't be with us today. Um, she's with us in spirit. You know, yeah, we're talking know about it. This, We've been conjuring her up with all our <laughs> yeah. talking about her and celebrating her, really. Yeah. We're so, you know, independently different, but yes. creatively, we feel the same. Well, we love a lot of the same music. That was, that was why. You know, we never had any arguments about what song to do. I mean, it was we always... We loved all the songs. We loved all of the songs. Which songs do we leave out? <clears throat> oh, they were right. all great. Right. Emmy has the best ear for songs. Emmy brought well, the greatest, best of the songs. Well, we, we all did, We though, did, but when don't I be think proud. About it, you did. If I think uh, about it, I know exactly. I did, I did you, bring a bunch of songs, but, you know, Linda, who, who would demure about, don't worry, you know, you guys pick the songs, and yet she came up with Telling Me Lies. And she came up with uh, um, Feels, like uh, Feels Like Home and the McGarrigal. It's it's not enough. What what was that beautiful oh, McGarrigal song? Oh, don't ask me. I've slipped. Oh God, the <laughs> beautiful McGarrigal song that is just so heartbreaking and gorgeous. Um, so you know, and and Dolly, of course, with her own songs, and then after the Gold Rush, which is just really this magnificent. Mm. Uh, I mean, what a uh, strange, beautiful choice. Mm. You know, to do that, Neil Young. But we we had to change the words. We didn't. It's not that we were. It's just it didn't feel right for the three of us to be singing. I and I felt like getting high, and then Linda. We did. And then Linda (laughs) said, (laughs) Linda said, I felt like eating pie. (laughs) And then we decided on I felt like I could cry. Very nice. But I felt like yeah. eating pie. I felt like eating high. <laughs> eating pie. And <laughs> if I had gotten I high, I would have wanted to eat pie. Uh-huh. Well, I'm pretty sure Neil Young must have had some pie, smoking some pie. <laughs> Don't you, when you wrote it? <laughs> I have a feeling. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Sure. We were well, thank time. you, and good luck to you in your career. Thank you. Yes, very good luck well, to you. Thank you both so much yeah, for thank you. existing. Fantastic.